Hey, guys. Hi. What's up, man? Hey, we've got our sponsor back this week. It's Distilled Experiences. Very cool. Yeah. You mean they came back? Thankfully. I like that. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Gary, and sitting with me this week are the co-hosts of the show, Swan and Curtis. Guys, welcome back. It's been a couple weeks. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah. You said it very off-put by me <laughs> welcoming you back to the to the show. Yeah. I figured after a certain amount of episodes, you'd be like, man, we got to do something about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> To both of us, yeah. dude. I've been going for two years strong. <laughs> Give yourself Still trying a to little figure. bit more credit than that. <laughs> oh, my contract was up, it was gone. <laughs> you're on that. Yeah, I signed a two-year contract, and it's up now. You, but your bonus is coming in. <laughs> oh yeah. Do you know that? No. Yeah, it's in the mail. Okay. Yeah. It's Jim Weem. It's Jim Beam White Label. Jim Weem. Jim, Jim Weem. Weem. Jim yep, Weem White Label. That. that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. It's a fake bourbon we made up. <laughs> Oh, man. So, we start the show off every week uh, with a segment called Flying Blind. Uh, before we get to that, though, we got to talk about a couple things up top. First and foremost, if you have not yet, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. I want to push this a little bit more uh, just so we can get uh, people's attention to the show uh, and that we get the name out a little bit, uh, a little bit more to the public. Uh, it is a really good way for, you know, the algorithm. I know it sounds stupid, but the algorithm is very specific to the Apple Podcast app. And the more that we talk about it, the more that we push it and get you guys to review it, more people are going to see. It helps uh, grow the family. It really does. Yeah. So if you could do that, that'd be great. We're going to read out a, a very nice review on the pod here a little bit later. And then secondly, our campaign fundraiser, our charity fundraiser uh, is in Full swing over at Movember. Uh, Movember is a charity organization that raises awareness for men's health and men's mental health. Uh, it is an organization organization rather that is very near and dear to my heart, uh, and I have a huge affinity for what those guys are doing over there. The link to donate is down below in the description of this episode. We are going to be having some specific prizes uh, and rewards coming up to uh, for, for donating. But the big one that's going on right now is when you donate in the little message section, ask a question. And what's going to happen with that is we're going to turn that into a Q&A bonus episode for the people who donate to the fundraiser. And that's just going to be emailed to those people uh, who donate. So if you want to get in on that, you want to ask us a question, find out a little bit more about what we do or some behind the scenes stuff about the podcast. Um, that's a really good way to get in on that. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it's really awesome that anybody has even donated to it so far. I'll say we're already at 60% of our goal. <laughs> there we go. And at we, I had, should we get to 150%? Oh man, <laughs> that would be wild. But the the goal right now is a hundred or excuse me, hundred and fifty dollars. It's it's five hundred dollars. And we're at three hundred right now. And as of recording, you know, we're six days into November. So that's insane 
to me. And I, I appreciate everybody who has donated so far. Uh, looking forward to, you know, pushing this a little bit more and talking to you guys about it. And yeah, that's it. Keep it rolling. Let's drink some bourbon, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah, flying blind. Oh. Hmm. Oaky. It's like oak and cherries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what it is? Okay. So those little, I think they were Werther's, but it's not the caramel, right? They had like the other brands of chocolate. It was like a cream and fruit flavor. It's like vanilla cream and cherry with oak. Mm-hmm. Those things never got bought intentionally, but they were just somehow around, right? <laughs> yeah, well, your grandma was always the one that had yeah. it. That's what it was. Is... I never went to the store and was like, I, I need these. <laughs> but you they just, were so good, though. You just found that... a stash of them. You yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm not the only one. No, no, no. I mean, they were definitely a gift from God at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, my grandma would be, like, in church and saying, you want a word there? Yes. <laughs> yes. Sure. Do you have to ask me twice, Grandma? Sure, Mamma. But <laughs> here, old old woman. <laughs> you know how we talk to our grandmas. <laughs> yeah. Now that I've derailed it, back on topic. This is very good. It's yeah. a really the nose really is good really nose. good. I've not actually tasted it yet. I'm about to go in for that. Mm. Palate's better. Palate's it's much the same, but then it starts. Oh, I like that finish. Yeah. yeah, the finish is gorgeous. The finish that is still going. It's still. The finish is kind of like a Snickers bar. Yeah, I could see that. Ooh, did you ever get those like chocolate covered cherries? Mm. Yeah, like cherry cordials? Yeah. Just, yes. Yeah, those mm-hmm. those things are good. That's what that reminds me of. We a are bit. coming off of Halloween, so maybe that's why we're on the... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very strong possibility. Yeah. But, I mean, it is all kinds of... Of sweetly, sweet goodness. Mm. Sweetly? Sweet goodness. I don't know why I said sweetly. Doesn't matter. It's a good burp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoy it. The sweet one. It's a sweet one. There we go. You're better at <laughs> it. A little throwback for you. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little throwback for you. That finish, though, is not as sweet. No, it, it really starts to go dark on the, mm-hmm. on the finish. I am really having a hard time narrowing down much of anything on this. Like proof, distillery... I don't know. It kind of reminds me of some like some 1792 products a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay. But like the higher proof ones, but this does not drink like that. This is the first time I've had this. Mm-hmm. This was a sample that was given to to us by a listener. This is from Brandon Elliott. This is a wild turkey Kentucky spirit pick that is 15 years old. Oh! Ooh. <laughs> I'm getting now that you say wild turkey, I'm definitely getting a little bit of that. I'm not that really profile. leaning the wild turkey like much, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe I need to go. I need to go. Back I, don't, I started to get it. Go ahead. It had more of that spiciness and more of kind of the the bold. And I wasn't sure if I was attributing that with like proof or whatnot, mm-hmm. but I'm curious. Did you like this? <laughs> uh, I do think it's good, yes. Okay, you know what I'm asking, right? Because this is 101 proof, and it's turkey. But it's also okay to say, no, you don't like it. Yeah. I'm so far past the point of trying to convince you that, that, oh, to not. like 
Turkey 101. I'm yeah. coming in with I a mean, vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Swan. We I do like this. The, the but like I've said, out. whenever we get to like, it's just the standard 101 is where I'm, yeah, I always yeah. have a problem. Yeah, yeah, which we've said a, a thousand times before. This is a 15 year. This is yeah. seven to nine years older. I mean, obviously yeah. some stuff has been done to it. So oh, it's yeah. a little different. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I do enjoy this. This is really good. I I really don't get a whole lot of turkey to it. Uh, if I, if I had to pinpoint something, I think I might lean a little bit more Heaven Hill. Honestly, I could see that. Yeah, I had a hard time pinpointing the proof on this because it does it drinks like a ninety proof, but the finish carries out like it's one hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm. It's weird. And not that it has any ethanol, but just the length of finish I generally get with like a Booker's or something with the higher proof. I get that with this. Mm-hmm. This is great. Mm-hmm. Do they have any bottles of this left? I am not sure. We'll have to ask Brandon about that. Brandon. That's <laughs> so this Flying Blind was, of course, brought to you by Mr. Brandon Elliott. Th- that was one of my favorite Flying Blinds. I had never had it before either. I was just like, oh, you know, this is around. And we may as well all try it together. And it's also Turkey Month, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. gobble gobble, y'all. Heck yeah! <laughs> Jeez. Uh. Sometimes I just go, why, why do I, why do I say those yeah. things? <laughs> so you don't get the profile at all. I get it on the nose a little bit. Really? Yeah, but the see, I got it on the back of the palate. Mine was like nose, middle, back palate area. Yeah, I, I, I think it really was the back of the palate that it started to kind of come through for me. But for the most part, I thought it was pretty off profile. That being said, what was the uh, what was the seventeen year master's keep? What was the proof on that? Oh, I'm not I'm not sure not sure on that one. If only there were a way for us to find out. Magic of the internet. <laughs> I can't imagine that it was a hundred one proof. I, I don't. I'm think fairly that certain that it was proof. No, I think the only one they've done that's been one hundred one has been the. Uh, the revival oh found the proof okay uh it was 86.8 proof so that's odd too this is the oldest wild turkey at 101 proof that i've ever had yes yeah so i don't really know if we're talking about what a profile is like at this age and at this proof what that flavor profile would look like Mm. you know what i'm saying yeah. So I don't Very really small sample size. <laughs> yeah, right. And I don't really have a point of reference. Actually, no sample size. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I this is making me increasingly excited for that new Masters Keep release they announced. Well, hold on to that. We're going to talk about that here in a here in a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, before we get there, what have you guys been drinking recently? Ooh. I I'll have, go. Oh, go for it. Yeah, back off. All right. <laughs> Uh, I have been, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that was aggressive. Uh, Ruffling my feathers over here. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Why don't you go take a bird bath, Swan? All right? I will. Gosh, I'm tired of it. Uh, I have been having the new riff, and it was a single barrel, yes. and it was a pick. Yes. Which, this is the best part. Yes. And Perry was the one that led me on to it. Um, Riff and Morty. <laughs> Oh, dude, it's so good. Oh, it's so I, good, man. So it, it, it came out on Halloween, and I, I just saw, like, scrolling through Facebook, somebody said, oh, Riff and Morty's out at Ernie's, and I was like, mm, I think I need to go get that. Yeah, and then I saw <laughs> Perry post it, and I, I immediately texted him and said, hey, where can I get that? <laughs> so over at Ernie's, we went and got one, and uh, 
the profile of that is super good. It, it drinks like it's kind of a dusty, like an old dusty, you know, older bourbon. Yeah. Obviously, it's not because it's a new riff. No, it's uh, four-ish years old. Yeah. But it just was very complex and tasted like it had been mm-hmm. aged for a while. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and I, I think I told you, too, when I first cracked it, the nose really was just like straight up dusty funk. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, what's happening here? I know. And it was sitting at 113 proof. Mm-hmm. 113 is my favorite proof for new riff picks. Okay. I don't know why. Or new riff single barrels in general. There's just something about that proof that is stellar. The sweet. Yeah. yeah the sweet it's spot. really the sweet spot. Okay. I've only had that one, but the label on that just cracked me up because it was from the cartoon show Riffin, uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I, they changed the name to Riff and Morty. I, it was I, just I, clever. I posted um, that that picture, and for a brief second, I, I I just got really anxious and was like, "Is Dan Harmon gonna find out about this and get real mad?" <laughs> <laughs> And then I thought, nah, he's got a million. Nah, it's Dan Harmon. Yeah, it's Dan Harmon. Not that I've ever met him before or know his personality at all, but I feel like he probably doesn't give a if, shit about that. If you that. have ever listened to his podcast, it, he, yeah. Okay. He doesn't care. What's it called? I, I honestly think it might just be the Dan Harmon show. Oh, okay. I mean, if you just search, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. But if you search for it on, you know, what other, what other, whatever podcast app you're using sure. um it'll yeah. be on there but anyway swan what you yes. been drinking man oh i've been going back through my bourbon i've been moving recently and i've been trying to decide what i'd like to keep what i'd like to sell what i'd like to kind of give to some friends because i've got to reduce my collection a little bit and i've got a lot of stuff that i maybe bought and tried that i didn't care for and trying to rehome it to somebody that might like it a little more or can use it as a good mixer and I've also been going through my stuff to find out my best of 2019, which we will probably get into in a different episode. But a little bit of everything is the answer. Yeah. Just samples on samples on samples. Uh, I mean, I've had Rare Breed, Knob Creek picks, some Makers releases from this year, just different stuff. Gotta say, really been digging the Keeneland Makers. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. Huh. Man, it's up there. Tell me more. <laughs> tell me more. I don't have to tell you anything. You got half my bottle. Like, well, it's, that's true. Yeah. It's well, good not stuff. anymore. It's gone now. Yeah. No, it's it's good stuff. I'm I'm extremely impressed with it. After trying a few other makers releases, uh, it I can see why Keeneland is one of the favorites. Yep. Somebody asked recently if that was still available. I was like, oh, I don't think so. So the first release is gone. Right. But they are planning on restocking it at some point right with Um, the same barrel staves and same barrel stave it's the same thing you can get it at keeneland anytime but that's you can't buy it by the bottom yeah Yeah, that's what i was gonna say yeah Yeah. that that was the question though was can i get a bottle who was it that asked that was it ian i think so i think ian asked who if uh, you could pick up a bottle of it still and what makes me happy is they, they really hammered this home when we went to the Keeneland Mercantile event that they had that it is extremely consistent from batch to batch. So mm-hmm. yep. batch two will hopefully be very, very close to batch one. Yeah. 
I feel like they've got it down pat at this point. Yeah. I would We've been sure doing it for so, so many years that, that it's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would certainly hope so. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we we also had a Blanton's. Yeah, that sold out too. real quick. Sold didn't out it? quick. Yeah. It was like I don't I don't know how long. Might have been a week or something. So how long until they just open a full scale liquor store for Keeneland? Like, That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> oh, they just call it the Keeneland Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> but for anybody that doesn't know, the Keeneland Breeze is a signature drink. It's a Keeneland. fantastic cocktail. Yeah. Great for when it's real hot at Keeneland. Yes. Or, or just any time. Cool. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's real simple too. Yeah. Makers. It it's Makers 46. L8. And yeah. yeah. That's about it. <laughs> and there's yep. something else? Doesn't dash of orange. I'm sure it's there's liqueur. something else. I don't know Probably. the full recipe. Yeah. Is I, it orange I liqueur? can get it though. Mm-hmm. Oh, Swan knows. I've got I've got the little recipe on my desk at work. I put my drinks on it. Oh, okay. You have yeah. the well, coaster. Coaster. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So that uh that drink that I thought I made up forever ago is really just a Keeneland Breeze. You got real crafty. Dang but yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah. Dang it. I've been claiming that like it was my own for a few years now. And yeah. it just, ah, balls. The Ritter Breeze. Darn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, so uh, some things that I've been drinking recently, or something that I will be drinking sometime soon, up on top of my, my cabinet right now, there's a box. There, there's multiple boxes. Yeah, yes, are. but do you see uh, the shorter box? Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that is a Blanton straight from the barrel box uh, that was dumped on my anniversary. Ah, so I finally found. I've I've never had like a you know an anniversary bottle or, or something that's that kind of special. And so somebody posted it, and I was like, I gotta have one of these. You know, came all the way from France. No way. Yeah. Wow. So nice. Pretty excited about that. But there's a Blanton straight from the barrel up there. I'll probably save it. For something special. Like your anniversary? Probably my anniversary, yeah. <sighs> Wild. Yeah. Would make sense. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. Novel idea. Can't believe I guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> I, Saturday night, I went to a wedding and had a lot of Eagle Rare. Oof. Which, let me tell you, is a great bourbon, especially when it's an open bar and you can get doubles. So, I'm going to leave that. That was dangerous that right last there. time yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spread spread your wings and fly, man. Yeah, amen Ooh. to that. No, my wings got clipped. <laughs> uh, and then I, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more in the in the main topic. But on Monday night, um, as of recording this, I got to go check out the Heaven Hill Bourbon Heritage Center preview uh, for all their renovations and everything. And of course, you know, we went into one of the tasting rooms, and they had two samples for us. One was the Parker's Heritage Rye, of course, you know. And then the other was the William Heavenhill 12-year cast strength that just came out. Mm -hmm. And I had not had it before. Chad and Sarah had been saying how much I had to have it. And I did have it, and it's stupid good. Is that the one with just the ridiculous high proof? Yeah, it's like 134. Yeah. I hate to be a proof snob. Better than any Elijah Craig barrel proof that's come out this year. Well... That's fine. Uh, if it's like smaller release, they made it for them. That's good. But like, yeah. I don't know, man. I still love my Elijah Craig. No, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I do too. Yeah. But this is a stellar product. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, am I willing to pay two hundred fifty dollars for it? 
Nah. No. Nah, I don't think so. But still real good. Mm-hmm. Still really. I mean, it better be for that price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still the bargain of the century on the barrel proofs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we've been drinking recently. We just poured a single barrel of Elijah Craig. I got real excited. This has been sitting on my shelf for like a year and a half. And I just uh, I just bought this off of Swan. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Again, reducing the collection. <laughs> so this was actually, just in case you don't know, because it didn't specify on the label, but it's a pick from Liquor Barn in Danville. Mm. And uh, they did four picks simultaneously. This is what they said was their second best seller out of the grouping. Whoa! Okay. And Sorry, it, go ahead. And it is a later nine-year, almost ten-year pick. It is leathery and tobacco-y, and there's a vanilla, like that same kind of creamy mm. vanilla note, too, towards the back. I got like a toffee nut yes, as well. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Swan, anytime you come over... Feel free to grab this bottle and take a take a few swigs out of it. Oh, okay. Grab yourself a Perry Pour. All right, I can do that. You don't have to tell me twice. Perry Pours for you now are like detrimental to like, my health. Like three ounces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great, man. But that's you know I, I wanted to point out what we were drinking. Figure now we'll we'll move into a little bit of news, which will also kind of ease us into. Uh, the the topic for the week as well. We we briefly touched on it a little bit ago. There were two new wild turkey labels that got approved by the TTB that leaked to the public. Yes. One was rare breed rye at one hundred and twelve point eight proof. If I remember I correctly, think so. maybe 112.6. I can't remember for sure. You keep going. I'll look it up for sure. Sure. The other one was next year's Master Keep. I'm excited for that. It's a 17 year bottled and bond product. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Going with a bottled and bond. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I at that day that it all dropped, uh, I saw Fred Minnick had tweeted. That he had like just said that Wild Turkey was never going to release a, a bottled and bond product. I mean, maybe like a week before this was leaked to the public. It's uh, coming in at one twelve point two for the one twelve point two. Okay, proof. Yeah. Sorry about that. Well, let's let's start with the the rare breed rye. Thoughts? Are we excited for it? Is it? I'm so excited. Uh, just knowing how good that Russell's single barrel rye is and knowing that that some of that juice has been kind of slowly disappearing yeah and not knowing where it went i'm hoping it all went to this because that stuff is amazing and rare breed price point is easily 20 to 25 dollars less than the single barrel like single barrel russell's rye Mm -hmm. so Hmm. hopefully it's cheap cheaper and also the same amazing juice they've been putting out just rebranded uh so I'm, i'm looking forward to that it's a good point. I never thought about that, but like I have noticed that it's been kind of going off the shelf a little bit. And yeah. It's not there as much. Like if that is, I mean, you nailed it right on the head if that's actually what's happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be different. They're two different 
labels, obviously, and they're still well, going to yeah, produce sure. the other one. But I mean, they've never let people do, at least to my knowledge, single barrel picks of the of the rye single barrel. Um, they've been most places I go now have three on the shelf. They have the standard six year rye. They have the single barrel uh, bourbon. They have the ten year single or the ten year bourbon, but they don't have the single barrel rye. It's been hard to find. I'm pretty sure that they used to do picks. It's not. They might have, but they've not done it recently. I've no. Not seen it's any. it's been a long time since mm, they, they yeah. have. I have to echo that. I'm really excited for for what this is going to turn into. Mm-hmm. I imagine that it's going to be you know probably average six year old barrels, um, which you know is kind of the sweet spot for where I find rides to be. Mm-hmm. And offering it at 112 proof, that's fantastic. Really great. Mm-hmm. So I and, and it gets me thinking, what's it going to do to the market for 101 rye? Well, see, that's the thing. That was originally intended more for restaurants and bars, just kind of a mixer drink, because they only make it in one liter. 101 rye. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So when they make something in specifically liter bottles, typically that's more of a bar drink. We can't, like, as a liquor store owner, you can typically order uh, 50 mils, 375s, 750s, and 1.75s. So to order a one liter is kind of a weird deal, typically, at least Hmm. in Kentucky. So how did early times bottled and bond? That's the outlier. I have no idea. (laughs) It just started showing up. I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, getting Peculiar. it, when we ordered some of that, because I was like for a while there on a war path trying to get some one-on-one rye that I didn't have to go to the distillery for. Yeah. Uh, getting it in uh, to the shop was difficult to, to do. I mean, I had to beg our wine and spirits lead for a few weeks. Like, hey, can we make this happen? I'll sell the whole case myself. Just get it in. And it'll be good. And I bought six bottles of it. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> but it's a... Uh, no, I, I'm. I think you know when it turns out in those one liter bottles, it's more of a restaurant type deal. They they tend to send those out in one liters to restaurants. Hmm. I yeah. So I guess to that point, then there's not really going to be competition. I mean, yeah, it's the same distillery, but there's not really going to be much competition. It's not really going to change the market that much for no for one hundred one rye. Yeah, I mean, look at what their competition is, Pikesville. You know, an extra $10, $10 probably on price point, which the stuff's amazing. So they've got stiff competition. Um, but then, you know, the other stuff in that price points, they're Russell's single barrel rye. New Riff rye. New Riff new rye. Riff, yeah. uh, the single barrel New Riff ryes are about the same price. Again, maybe about $10 more. Um, and then you start jumping up into like the, you know, what is it? Peerless. And stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's it's a higher price point. Wilderness Trail Rye. Wilderness Trail Rye. That's a cast yeah. strength rye that's gonna be up there. But I don't know. I'm excited. I feel like it's gonna be really widely distributed too, which is gonna be nice. I, I certainly hope so. And and not to you know, beat the dead horse that we did last time we were all mm-hmm. together, but it'll be nice to see a distillery taking a well known brand, putting a spin on it and still allowing it to be released in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, go back and listen to the Elijah Craig Rye conversation to yeah. hear us talk about, yeah, that. Definitely, like, filling a little bit of a void in that area. Yeah, they are. Uh, Rye's, you know, becoming more and more popular, which it should. 
it's good. It's definitely like bourbon's had its moment and it's exploded and it's still going, but now it's like, eh, I kind of want to expand it's my collection a little. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of joining the, the leagues for a lot of bourbon drinkers is rye. And I think the cast strength rye is a lot of people's preference right now. Cause they're like, Elijah Craig barrel proof's great. What else you got? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's one. Um, that I I didn't give you guys any any prep on this for, but this popped up in uh, in my news feed today, and <laughs> this might be the dumbest article I have ever read. <laughs> okay, this was posted. I like where we're headed on November sixth, twenty nineteen. So, so today. today, yeah. The headline is: Bourbon is making a comeback. Where you been? <laughs> Here's the best way to drink the all-American spirit. Um, <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> I don't. And, and is this like a credible source? No, no. This is oh definitely like some weird. It, so it's it's from a. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to name and shame, but well, sure. But <laughs> it's from, you don't have to name it. I just like was okay. cer- I was just wanted to know if it was from a credible source that actually somewhat knows what they're talking about. I mean, they've done some research in that they talked to Denny Potter, who is now the master distiller at Maker's Mark, used to be a master distiller at Heaven Hill. Um, It goes through the basics of how it's made and, you know, what all goes into it, being called bourbon and everything. But then they offer one paragraph that is supposed to be basically the argument of this article on you know why it's making a comeback um yeah one paragraph why is bourbon gaining popularity because it's good <laughs> yeah I, honestly i just want to take like, that reporter and be like hey this saturday liquor barn's doing a release do you want to come with me and then just have him stand in a crowd of people waiting for like a hundred bottles yeah. This. <laughs> yes, it's just like, it is making a comeback. No, this has happened for years now. Yeah, like, like where is... have you been? So here's here's where it really starts to frustrate me. The next section is called, How to Shop for Bourbon. It's also one paragraph. I might need this. I'm going to read this out verbatim, okay? <laughs> like most wine and spirits, price does not necessarily indicate quality. Thank you. Uh, if you're new to buying bourbon or are purchasing a bottle for hosting guests, choose something versatile that will be delicious, neat, on the rocks, in a cocktail, or with ginger ale, Potter says. You literally just said, like, here. Nothing. Yeah, it, you it was said a nothing, nothing you said, statement. You said, try finding something that will appease to everybody. But it, that's not even that's how not to shop thing. for bourbon. Yeah, that's, no, I know. No, it, it, but, okay, so that's halfway through yeah, the article. Continue. Next sentence. His favorite, question mark? Maker's Mark Classic Red Top. Did you have to designate the red top? Yeah. <laughs> classic Red Top. I'm sorry. I haven't heard that uh, ever been called that. Now, I love Denny Potter. I think he's a great master distiller. I think he knows his stuff. But now, I'm starting to feel like this is an ad for Maker's Mark. <laughs> okay. Here's what he says. It's high quality no matter how it's served. And at $30 for a 750 mil, you can't beat that. <laughs> now let's talk about that for a second, shall we? $30 at 750 mil. Yes. 
I could let's, name a few that we could probably get. Well, if for we're cheaper let, too. let's just even talk about rye bur- or excuse me, weeded bourbons. Okay. There is one that comes to mind that is cheaper than that and a higher proof. Larceny. Larceny. 92 proof and $25. Ta-da. And sane. I mean <laughs> that this this I cannot I, I'm almost I'm so mad that Google offered this up to me as a suggested <laughs> article to read. You know, if I'm honest, this is if anyone was just getting into bourbon and had no idea. They'd be like, oh, Maker's Mark, I'll try that. That's honestly not a bad place to start. No, but it not Maker's Mark so far into the zeitgeist that you don't need... It doesn't need advertisement. <laughs> you don't need yeah. a thousand words, a 1,000-word article to tell yeah. you to go buy, go buy Maker's it. Mark Red Top. It could have just been they top. contacted Potter and they were just like, all right, I know nothing about bourbon. He's like, I know exactly who I'm talking to. This is someone that just needs to buy a bottle of Maker's Mark and Which go home. Which would be fantastic, yes. Yeah. And he's like, he just he knew his audience, I guess, with that that phone call, email, thread, whatever. You know, I don't need to go into every single release. Just grab Maker's Mark and you'll be fine. I get it from his perspective. The article, I'm questioning some things. Yeah, yeah well, it doesn't get much better from there. Uh, the, uh, the next section is which cocktails are made with bourbon. Martinis, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Shaken, then, not stirred. Then they're quoting the master chef from Star Hill Provisions at Makers. Um, and he said he loves using bourbon in two classic cocktails, a Manhattan and an Old Fashioned. Ah, never heard of those. <sighs> I'm, I'm rubbing my face in disbelief that yeah. this is even an article that exists out there. This still goes now, on. Now, sure, there are stupider articles out there, but th- this is bad uh then they offer up two recipes for for cocktails the maker's mark 46 manhattan the maker's old-fashioned that's it that's the whole article i don't know man is this i don't i don't mean to get too meta or too snobby is this bad for bourbon no, because somebody is going to go buy a bottle of Maker's Mark and think, this is much this better is than much the better. gin that I've been drinking. And then we're going to hope that they continue on their journey of what is bourbon. Yes. And why it's making a comeback. <laughs> and maybe they'll feel like they're part of that comeback. And they will continue to expand their palate. The article <laughs> gave me a headache. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And who knows? There might be somebody out in Oklahoma that's got Stag Jr. and Weller and all these fun, fun things on the shelf and they're like, I'm going to grab the Maker's Mark Red Top and then they got to go on their journey of like rare Buffalo Trace exclusives yeah. and then they finally hit that point where they're like, back in my day, I used to be able to find Weller Special Reserve on the shelf all the time, but Bourbon made a comeback. Who knows? But I Bourbon don't know. made a comeback. So I got the classic Red Top. Yeah. I, all I can think of is, and this is kind of stupid, but I find it funny. Uh, <laughs> like the from A Christmas Story, like the Red Rider. I want the Red Rider BB gun oh, with the yeah. compass and the stock, and the <laughs> like. Well, I want the Maker's Red Mark. Red Rider in action too. Yeah, two range, two hundred range, two hundred range rifle. Whatever it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it doesn't. You get matter. what we're saying. Yeah, I, I want the Maker's Mark classic red top from Maker's Mark Distillery. With the wax dripping down the side. Uh, as long as we get more you people... You shoot your liver out, kid. <laughs> as long as we get more people drinking bourbon, I'm okay with it. I think that's fine. Yeah, I, th- but, I agree. But honestly, it feels like 
the dumbing down of bourbon drinkers. Oh, it's diluted. Potential yes. bourbon drinkers. And I feel like that is the worst kind of information to give a new bourbon drinker. Bourbon's not on the rise. Bourbon's at its peak right now. Yes. It is, yeah, and it's only going higher based yeah. on, wait for the segue, the Bottled and Bond Wild Turkey release. When you got stuff like that out there, it's definitely still rising. Oh, shoot, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, that- we'll circle back around to that. Sorry. I, I jumped right ahead to something that kind of pissed me off. So <laughs> No, you're totally good. That article that needed its way. moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and I don't want to talk about it anymore. So the Wild Turkey Masters Keep 17-year-old Bottled and Bond product. Holy moly. Yes. I'm I'm so excited. Okay, let's let's talk about for a second the the sample that we tried at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. How that might feed into our expectations for the 17-year bottled and bond. I'm excited for a wild turkey product that's going to be a little off profile. Perry, you slid that little segue in there. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm getting better at segue, this. man. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed. It's almost like we've been doing this for 100 and whatever episodes. True. 104 now? 101. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Serious, though. It, yeah. That kind of just snuck up on me. I yeah. was like, that's why he did that. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have reasons. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. No, anyway. I, I, yes, it sounds... I'm super excited for that. I am, too. It, it's just... So the the thing about the the Masters Keep releases, I think that they've been consistently good, but I don't know if they've been consistently good as turkey products. I would agree with that. Right? And I I think that when we talk about something like the, the single barrel Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirits, that is an opportunity for them to as it is with, with really any single barrel product, and by the way, we're now drinking the Frankfurt Bourbon Society Buffalo Trace single barrel, um, that is an opportunity for them to take what is so special about a certain product and expand on it. So yeah, you may have the product that is you know, the classics, the caramel, the oak, the vanilla, but what other things can you know a single barrel offer that? Yeah. And so with a 15-year... Kentucky Spirit pick. I don't know how indicative that is going to be of a 17-year bottle and bond product, right? Because, I mean, there's definitely more meticulation going into the creation of that product. Yeah, and somebody did that that pick, you know? They went in and they said, probably, right. I want some of the older barrels you've got. I want to select from that. And with this, you know, it's getting curated by the master distiller for what they want. Yeah. So I'm going to finally see what like a 15, 17 year curated, you know, wild turkey What it was intended for. Yeah, it would be intended at that age. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know anything like that other than like, what, tradition? That's up there. Well, I mean, they did have a master's keep 17 year we just talked about. Yeah, but not at the full like 100, 101 proof. Oh, okay. I missed that caveat. Yeah, no, I Sorry. just added it in. That's my fault. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, hold on, Swan. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's tradition was up there, I think. That was, a, what, a 14-year? The tradition? I think. Yeah. I think Diamond might have been around the same age, too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited for it. I'm, 
I also get very excited for the branding on those because it always looks so oh, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know what color the box is. I want to see the whole lineup. Well, yeah. It'll be fun to side by side the 17 year original Masters Keep is mm-hmm. 86 proof and the 17 year bottle and bond. Because, you know, I, I imagine that the 17 year bottle and bond, and really I just kind of assume that it, it's coming from a much smaller selection of stock than the 17 year 86 proof yeah did i mean that that allows you you know so many different options to be able to craft a product whereas the bottle of bond has to come from one distilling season yeah yeah it's true so i mean we we could have i mean as little as one barrel <laughs> i'm very curious on the yield on this yeah me too what do you think it will be well, just as a comparison, I think the Sazerac from this year and like the BTAC lineup was like 85-ish percent evaporation. It was like 80 plus percent evaporation on an 18-year-old whiskey. So 17%, you're looking at what, like 70 to 80 percent, you know, evaporation. So you're going to have next to nothing in that barrel. One distilling season is, again, another caveat that's going to reduce the amount of barrels. And then... I mean, it's it's going to be intense. So this yeah. might be one of the more limited master's keeps they've done. What do you think that's going to do to the price then? I think it might hit two hundred. Really? I personally, I I wouldn't be surprised to see it hit one ninety nine ninety nine. Oof. <sighs> that's, a that point, dis- that's a little. That's a little disheartening. Yeah. At that point, <laughs> is it worth the buy? For some, yes, because this is going to be one of the older, again, curated releases they've put out ever. Yeah. Um, And especially since the trend for the past couple of years, and Fred Minnick, he called it out at the beginning of 2019. He said, this is going to be the year of age statements coming back. And he he was correct on a lot of that. And we've seen a lot. I mean, even 1792 put out a 12-year this year. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, they're putting out another age designation old curated product and people are going to want it because they have been dropping the age designation on everything for the past three years yeah i mean it's it's going to be i think it's going to be worth grabbing um i'm going to want to try it before i drop that much money on it because this the past one was 175 ish Mm -hmm. uh for the cornerstone yeah uh but i don't know i think it'll be great i mean how could it not be that's that's my thought process on it, but I'm also a turkey fan, so we'll it'll see. be great. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I am too, and I'm I'm trying to reserve excitement or reserve judgment for it. Oh, I'm not right now. I it's just I I feel like we have to cautiously move forward. Oh, we in do. this day and age. Yeah, because if not, my wallet would cease to exist. I mean, it would eat itself. Right. Um. <laughs> But no, I'm I'm very excited about it, and there there could be a good chance that I try it. I'm like, this is good, but you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to have three bottles of Wild Turkey 101 before I purchase or even think about purchasing something like this again, mm. um, which is fine. I'm still drinking turkey, so they're going to be fine with that. But yeah, um, I'm excited for it. I mean, at bottom line, I am too. How can you not? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> The the prediction of the price point, I think, is what kind of gets me a little bit. I'm just sure. basing that off a little bit. I understand that. Yeah. But when you're getting a product like that, you're not expecting it to be at 
yeah, eighty, even a hundred. Oh I no, think. not at all. I mean, yeah. I I was kind of ready to accept it at one hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, and at that point, I was like, you know, yeah, I'm gonna pick up a bottle of it. Mm-hmm. Now, is fifty dollars more really that much more money? At that point, at that point, not, not really. Yeah. No, when you jump into that league, the past 100 league 50 more dollars is not that much <laughs> it really yeah. doesn't make that big of a difference yeah. but i don't know i i look forward to to those products coming out and i think that you know i i think that 2020 is already looking to be a little bit more exciting for bourbon than 2019 has yeah which is something we'll talk about at the end of the year with our our recap episode but and, and we've touched on it a little bit as well but the big thing i wanted to talk about and some of this kind of spawns off of me having been to the, the preview of the renovations for the Heaven Hill Bourbon Heritage Center. And the, the big thing, if we're, if we're just straight up right now talking about numbers, the big thing that they were talking about is that they are going to more than triple their size at their visitor center, which means that they are going to hit around 30,000 square feet. That's insane. <laughs> and, and if we're talking about more than tripling, that means that they could be anywhere from, you know, five to nine or 10,000 square feet as of right now, just at their visitor center. I will say, just based on, I'm an Instagram person. My accounts aren't been on there. I, I just enjoy that platform. They pulled a castle and key for me. They've created a space just looking at your your stories and other posts and stuff from the event I want to be in, you know? And that's, I don't get that with a ton of other distilleries. Like the Elijah Craig room, I want to drink in oh, that. Oh, it's insane. I want to drink in that. Yeah. No, and, and that is that is just a tasting room. The, but, but the rest of it is wild. Okay, so we'll, we'll start off talking about what it's going to look like. Um, from the outside. So, if you've been to the Heaven Hill uh, Visitor Center, the Bourbon Heritage Center, it's kind of a shotgun area. Okay? So, you walk in, you look to your left. Um, it was essentially just exhibits. Over to the right was, like, the actual gift shop and everything. Yeah. Um, but they've totally revamped it so that over to the right... There are two tasting rooms. Okay. Um, on the right side is going to be the Elijah Craig room, or the the, the library, rather. Um, and on the left side is going to be um, the Fitzgerald room. Okay. So the Fitzgerald room is going to have um, different tables, of course, for, for you to sit at, and that's where you're going to end up and do tastings and everything. But on the, the the library is inspired by Elijah Craig, of course. It's one long wooden table. Absolutely gorgeous. But then the gift shop is going to be in that shotgun hallway, right? So that's where you're going to go to uh, purchase bottles and apparel and merchandise and all of that. Beyond that, though, that's where things really start to get interesting, they're opening up an Elijah Craig exhibit. <laughs> so Disney World. <laughs> For Bourbon. I'm I'm not gonna 
Not going to disagree with that. Do you feel like they're setting the bar with this? Yes. Yes. I I do. And I do think that that there was something that needed to be kind of like an amusement. Like, I need to go here rather than, hey, just check out the distillery we had. Well, like, I'm just considering, like, two listeners that I really enjoy talking to when they came in, Chris and Lilith. They've come in yeah. every year, and they see the same thing on the Bourbon Trail every year with the same people. Maybe yep. rotated different job, you know, different job titles and that kind of thing. And you know, they're huge into bourbon. That's great. Todd Cooper has been into it for a long time. Yep. And now that it's uh, bourbon has made a comeback, those were in quotation marks that you guys couldn't see. Um, they kind of have to revamp it, make it new. I mean, what's my incentive to go back to all these distilleries again? And obviously now Heaven Hill has made a ginormous excuse for you to think. Oh, yeah. Time to go back to Heaven Hill. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Oh, I think that pushes the industry as a whole completely. Mm-hmm. So um, if, if we're just talking about uh, these exhibits, and, and we'll kind of touch on that a little bit more too throughout. The main entrance to the Elijah Craig exhibit, it basically looks like wow. the oh external God. of a barrel. And I'm showing the, the images to Curtis and Swan. I'll post some of them on, on social media as well once we get there, um, or once this episode comes out. But so what you're seeing is basically the, the, the staves of a barrel, and the exhibit behind it is mimicking the charring of a barrel. Mm-hmm. That's because Elijah Craig was, you know... The first to char a barrel. The first to char a barrel. So then it, it walks you through. It shows you how uh, barrels get charred um, and what temperatures and everything, um, how that actually affects the whiskey, where some of these products are coming from in the rickhouse, uh, how that makes up that small batch or how it makes up even the barrel-proof products as well. But then you move on to... The Larceny Exhibit. Oh, my God. Which is all about John Fitzgerald and his contributions, not just to Heaven Hill, but bourbon in general. They're so accurately themed and wonderful. (laughs) Um, It's just a museum of history on this. It is. Which is something that's never been done. And I think that's kind of what is going to push... The, the the bourbon industry forward. Yes. You By think stepping of anywhere back else. and looking at the, the history of it. Yeah. You, you know? think of like any other spirit. For the most part, you're not getting anything like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no. Just to put it into music terms, because Perry's a big music guy, if you haven't been listening to the podcast long, the words replay value for music, they just hit the nail on the head for distillery tours. Replay value. I mean, the amount of times I'd be willing to go back to that and enjoy it time after time. Yeah. They, they just upped that they, uh, a ton. And I hope other distilleries kind of follow suit uh, a little bit in that as well. Mm-hmm. I do now, too. Now, do- not, not all of them can do that because they don't have the history as much behind that. Right. But yeah, I think this is a great use of, of how, to, how to do something, make it an experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So this next room that I'm, I'm showing the guys... Um, You'll also be able to see it when, you know, it's posted on social media. This is an exhibit that is supposed to emulate the the bourbon that John Fitzgerald stole. Oh, okay. Where the the name Larceny came from. 
Okay. So over here, you're going to have a barrel with a thief in it. It's not actually going to have uh, whiskey in it. But Thank you, Curtis, for holding the fries. Um, <laughs> but it will show you the act of thieving from a barrel. Okay. The cool thing about this, though, is that on this bookshelf, you're going to have interactive decanters. No way. Yeah. Okay. That will essentially tell the story of John Fitzgerald. And this is where it kind of started to feel a little bit too Disney for me. Okay. <laughs> while That's it not is, a thing. No, well, okay, fair. But while it is still cool, it just was, this really caught me off guard. You know? Yeah. No, I enjoy it. Even though I feel like I should be able to pull one of them like a magic lever and the whole yeah. thing twist around. Yeah, right. uh-huh. uh, no, I'm, I enjoy that. That's great. So, um, along with the tasting rooms and the exhibits, uh, there is also, as I said, going to be a restaurant uh, that will lead also up to the rooftop area, the rooftop patio, where they'll be able to hang out. Um, they're going to have a, repu- uh, a replica, rather, uh, of an old, still, excuse me, an old Rick house, too. This is what the uh, the the rooftop patio is going to look like. Jeez, oh, my man. gosh. Okay. So, I mean, they're they're really going all out for it. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, I, I, I want to talk about this and how it relates to the rest of the trail, first and foremost. Is this, and these, this is purely because of what my first thoughts were. Is this too much? No. No. Okay. No. I think going back to what I said a minute ago, this is setting the bar. I think everyone needs to get up to this standard, and if you can't physically make it to this standard, maybe you got to question whether or not you should be on the main trail and main not trail. Yeah. on the distillery, like the craft distillery tour. Yeah. This is like staying genuine and staying true to who you are and showcasing the history of what has happened for over 100 years. I think this is where the the standard of this is awesome. Now, if you get kitschy and you're starting, like, throwing, like, you know, you have a Ferris wheel in the background, yeah, that's way too far. But I think this is a very good, hey, this is kind of the history of what has happened. This is the kind of the museum for our distillery. Yeah. Here's the thing about that, though. If you go to the Evan Williams experience in downtown Louisville. Okay. They have a ride. I haven't been. What's it like? It's basically taking you through the history and everything. Kind of like the Hershey factory. Okay. In Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, it's that same kind of vibe. I may not enjoy that as much as the Elijah Craig one, but I still think for somebody that's not as in tune with bourbon as us, that's still kind of a interesting way to kind of bring them into the history aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I just... I think what would really get me is if somebody was really trying to press history and then you looked at the history of the distillery and I'm like, you've been open since 1995. Like, you're, there's really not a, a rich history here. Just don't don't play it up. Like, we talked to Second Sight Distilling and they were like, man, we got no history. We don't know what we're doing, but we're just going to make it up. And they just put a bunch of fun stuff in there. And just they've got th- that fish. They got that fish, Fortuna, the fish. <laughs> oh, Fortuna, Fortuna, thank you. Yeah. The fortune telling fish. And they're like acknowledging the fact we don't have a history. 
We just want to be fun. And we are creating. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got Bardstown Bourbon Company that's like, we don't have a, you know, uniquely rich history necessarily, but we're inviting a lot of cool people on board and having a very modern new feel, like that ginormous lighted case with all of the Fusion series just lined up so beautifully in the Mm -hmm. background and the bottle and bond kitchen. You know, they're, they may not be representing like history at that point. But, but they are, and not not to them specifically, but they are in a sense of the bottles that you can have there. Yeah. Because the menu that they have there is so extensive and like dates back forever. Yeah. So, and, and, and I think the argument can be made that they are using, you know, ju- just like bourbon is in general, they are using what came before them to push forward. Yes. And by having a library like they do that people can choose from and, and sure. Yeah. Even their staff can go to, and they, if they want to reference something. Yeah. But yeah. having next level modern techniques right. on, mm-hmm. you know, with their bottle and bond kitchen and, and their bar, mm-hmm. uh, I think it is, I think the main thing on this, on what I see is having, creating an experience true to your distillery. Not, yeah. Not trying to be something you aren't. Yeah. But you can have an experience and create an experience within this for yourself. Heaven Hill has history. And they can pr- showcase fair. that. Totally, totally fair. Bar- I think that Heaven Hill and Bardstown give two like really good examples mm-hmm. of here is this modern technology on ha- and modern experience that we are providing. Whereas the other is, here's the history, here's kind of the museum of how we got here today. Right. Both ends of the good spectrum. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I I really was kind of initially off-put by this. Mm -hmm. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that that was just me adjusting to change. Right? Yeah. Or, or, Or adjusting to what the bourbon industry is going to look like in the next 10 years. And and I think that's a really good point that it is going to be what pushes it forward and what shows people how it can evolve. Right. And if, if we're talking about where this is going to go next, Buffalo trace, who is not on the bourbon trail is also in the middle of expanding their, their visitor center, their gift shop. And that that is essentially to accommodate more guests, but not necessarily going to incorporate more of their history. That being said, Buffalo Trace does have a lot of history that they can rely on Mm -hmm. to incorporate into their their guest experiences. They do. They've had, I think, honestly, they were one of the more pioneers of like, I'm really going to like push the history aspect because they've got the Blanton house. They've got the Elmer T. Lee house, all that. Yeah. All that there, they've got the, uh, the I think it's called the Black Bear Lodge. They do a lot of like weddings and stuff at there. Right. Yeah. They, they've got the history part down. It may be a little more not like of a cohesive experience so much as like the Evan Williams tour or the Elijah Craig stuff that you just mentioned, but it's still, it's there if you need it. Yeah. Right now, I feel like Buffalo Trace is like, everyone in the world wants a bottle of Weller and we can give about, you know, 0.1% of them a bottle of it. 
yeah. let's expand and make sure we can get this in everyone's hands. Yeah, That's I their c- primary concern at the moment. Yeah, I think with Buffalo Trace, and this is total speculation in my opinion, I think that they were like, why do we need to pay to be on the uh, Bourbon Trail when yeah. we are having so much... Uh, so many people coming and flocking in to come see us Mm -hmm. without us needing to be on there. Yeah. Like, I see it as, why do we need to be on there? Because you're not, we're not getting anything from being on it necessarily no i i totally agree with you and that that's kind of been how and that could be totally wrong no 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 i i I think that is their their business strategy in this case that they are trying to avoid having to pay out the nose for something that they don't need yeah right and i'm not saying that places like jim beam or wild turkey or uh heaven hill need Need it they they don't need that i think it's a great thing to be on the bourbon trail i think buffalo trace doesn't Right. I don't think being on the bourbon trail makes or breaks you. I don't think so either. But at the same time, that leads us into talking about a distillery that is on the bourbon trail Hmm. that I don't quite understand how they're going to sustain it into the future. And that's OZ Tyler. Now, they are a fairly new distillery with a product that is not necessarily at a premium price point, but it is still, it's not Jim Beam White Label. No, and I'm proud of them for not marking it up because they do have a very proprietary process. One I'm not a huge fan of. But, sure. Uh, it, and it's, it's just, uh, it's not my favorite bourbon, but it's, you know, a bourbon. You know, <laughs> right. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to stick any nails in the coffin. The thing's been talked to death. It's No, it definitely has. But I think that in, in this case, we have to talk about it because they are the outlier. Oh, well, then I can do it. It tasted not great. I don't like it at all. <laughs> um, uh, but That's not necessarily what I meant. But yeah. I, was, I was mostly talking about from a business I, That's the thing is I think but... for them, paying the money to be on the tour is worth it because I don't have any interest in looking at a distillery that I don't care for the bourbon. You know, so if I pick up a bottle of OZ Tyler and I'm like, this is not great. And then I turn around and go to Kentucky and I'm like, I'm going to get every stamp in my little book. At some point, I'm going to think, oh, I've got to go to OZ Tyler, you know, and they may go there and they may have a wonderful experience regardless of if they like the bourbon or not. And that's great for the bourbon trail. But I'm still at the end of the day as a Kentuckian left questioning, why am I sending people to a product I don't believe in? So let me let me make a few points to kind of counteract that. Or not counteract it, but to, to kind of expand on that maybe a little bit. The first off, you don't have to go on an experience at a distillery to get the stamp. You can show up at the gift shop, get a stamp in your passport, and leave. Oh, that's so sad, though. You don't want to do that. <laughs> no, no I know, I know but if... If that is what, if your end goal is completion and not experience, then you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. You can just go up to the counter, say, hey, will you stamp my passport? They'll stamp it for you, and you can be on your merry way. Right? I mean, yeah, but that's kind of pitiful. <laughs> yeah. I also think a lot of, 
I don't run the KDA. I don't run yeah. the KBT. You know? I also don't think a, a lot of people who are in the know a little bit aren't going through the entire bar, Bourbon Trail, I feel. I I mean, have you been all the way through the Bourbon Trail? I've been on the most, none of it. I mean, like at all. Yeah, yeah, like not meaning to. Like I didn't have my passport. Yeah. Yeah, you know? no, it's definitely a tourist I've been to, thing. I, yeah, I've been to plenty distilleries, but I haven't got my passport and stamped my <laughs> So I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. It's like for them, for the people who are doing this, they are going to have that experience. They aren't they aren't going to just be like, "I want to finish." Mm-hmm. Maybe at the yeah. end they might. But at that point, they probably don't know O.Z. Tyler and stuff. Right, right. The other big thing of note, and it, I, I think we might have talked about this on the show before. I don't know. But you're, you're right, Swan. There is a price point to being on the bourbon trail. Mm-hmm. It's $250,000 a year. A quarter of a million dollars. So by you're by, kidding? No, I'm not kidding. That I is that, that is how much it, it it costs for you to be on the Bourbon Trail. So let let's let's talk about this a little bit, just from a numbers perspective. From Heaven Hill's standpoint, they're spending two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for advertising, not just for the Heaven Hill brand, but also for Evan Williams. Yeah, right. So that's a that's half a million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars. They are also paying per week one point five million dollars in taxes on the barrels that they have in storage. Honestly, that mum, that number might be closer to one point seven. So at the very least, you're talking about two million dollars at any given point in time spent for potential. Right? So yeah. if you're if you're just writing the check in one week, or writing the checks from Heaven Hill, you walk into work on Monday, and it, by 10 o'clock, you've already written $2 million worth of checks. What is the guarantee that you're going to make that money back? Uh, for me, none. I'd be like, wait till my next paycheck to cash that. I've got, it's questionable, it might bounce. <laughs> No, that's nerve-wracking, man. It is is intense. And to think that Heaven Hill is probably sitting there in board meetings going, hey, man, is this worth it? Is like, I mean, we, we're doing pretty well with people coming to the tours, but none of these people are coming up like, I need a stamp, I need a stamp, I need a stamp. You know, what, why, would be, why would you be on the bourbon trail at that point? Why not follow Buffalo Trace's lead? We're big enough, we don't really need that. And somebody for OZ Tyler is a completely different perspective. You're looking at, like, yep. that's probably your yearly spending budget on advertisement. It's a new brand. The product is not flying off the shelf. No. And the product is, I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt, average at best. I have had their rye. Their yeah. rye is decent. Their bourbon is not. You know what's weird? And I'm not trying to throw, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I want to put this caveat out there. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. We've caught flack in the past for giving you know grief to certain distilleries. But I, I just, I'm saying, you know, it befuddles me that they are on the bourbon trail at this day and age. I would have expected them to follow the suit of a craft trail, or mm-hmm. excuse me, a craft distillery, give some time to, to amp up their brand, and then make the move to jump onto the bourbon trail. 
Here's a question. Okay. Okay. Do you think that there should be certain parameters to allow to allow you to be on the bourbon trail? Maybe there is. Is it a I guess my question is, is it a thing where I have $250,000, I want to be on it, I pay you $250,000, there we go. Or is there, you need to have these amount of visitors coming to your distillery, you need to have this amount of barrels that are being sold, something like that. As far as I know, it really does get down to how much money you can fork over. So I guess that's my question. Should there be parameters or certain requirements to be able to say, I am on the bourbon trail. I, I would hope so. I mean, that's kind of what I would lean towards. Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I feel like the parameters should be probably set on monetary, how much, or like how many barrels do you have in storage? Let's just start there. Are you big enough? Yeah. Secondly, do you have an experience to offer? If you don't, why are we drawing people to your distillery? Yeah. And then lastly, it's just, I mean, is it, you know, something that somebody would want to want to go to? Like, I mean, yeah, true. Yeah, at the end of the day. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I've never found myself wanting to go to Z Tyler. I don't know if they have a distillery experience. And on top of it, I guarantee if you're looking at Buffalo Traces versus OZ Tyler, you're like, Buffalo Traces got probably, what, 15 to 20 times the amount of barrels OZ Tyler has? Sure it does. I mean, if not, you know, more. I, way I would, more. I would, I would definitely say probably more. But way more conservatively, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, but, I understand like wanting to be in the vein of those names to draw some of that attention. Mm-hmm. But also, at some point, you you got to be like, well, you got to earn kind of that that, res- I, that respect. I, 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 you got to earn that medal. You. Yeah. I, with that being said, I think there should probably be more of like a tier. Like you have, have the bourbon trail, you're on the main bourbon trail, you're on the craft bourbon trail, which I think that's what they're going for mm-hmm. towards. But is OZ Tyler craft? Well, it or gets are blurry they a, there is too. Is it a different thing? Yeah, because there's stuff on the you know craft bourbon trail. I'm questioning why it's on there too. Namely, Willet. Why is Willet on the bourbon craft like you know the craft bourbon trail? I think that has to do with the fact that they still don't have 100% their own distillate. Yeah, but again, does but, that fall down to qualifications? Because apparently it's just ah, what you can fork that's over. That's true. I, I mean, mean, I, I was going to say, I, I, I was definitely going to counteract my own point by saying that Bardstown Bourbon Company is on the bourbon trail. Yeah. They don't have all their own distillate out either, so. But again, though, they have an extreme amount of barrels. They have an experience, and I want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm breaking yeah. it down to my yeah. random parameters I made for myself, I, I would enjoy that. Bottom of Bond Kitchen's a designation that I'd want to go to. The you know old bourbon room, the library they've got, I yeah. want to go to. I mean, their distillery's got a huge experience, and I guarantee with the amount of stuff they're sourcing, they've got a crap load of barrels. And so is Jim Rutledge when he gets his up and going. Yeah. I mean, that I could see added to the bourbon trail, no problem. I think I just have a problem with, you know, little to no experience. I don't want to go there, and I don't really believe in the product, and I can't imagine you've got a ton of barrels, at least comparatively. I'm sure they have plenty, but yeah, I don't know. I To, to steal a, a page out of Chad's book, Chad from It's Bourbon Night, of course, I feel like there should be some kind of 
committee that passes judgment on the products that sets the standard of quality for what should be on the trail. And I can't imagine why anybody would be opposed to that. No. I mean, shouldn't you put your best foot forward in this case? I mean, you're already paying as much as you are to be in the same league as these heavy hitters. Why, why wouldn't you want to step up at that time? So I, I, I think that is a, a good way to kind of wrap this conversation up and talk about who is going to be the next member of the Bourbon Trail. Is it going to be somebody that we don't know? Is it going to be someone who's on the craft trail that's going to make the jump? I mean, what what's what's next? If what's I, the future to tie into the title of this episode? <laughs> I, you know, I want to hope it's going to be New Riff or uh, Wilderness Trail. I just enjoy them so much, and I know everyone else that comes in, and they're like, well, what should I get? If I have to recommend something to somebody... I recommend Wilderness Trail. I did it the other day. I had a guy come in, and he was on the fence about buying some Trifesta picks of the... Um, oh, yeah. Of the... Um, I think it was the rye bourbon that they had. Mm-hmm. It was like a 116-proof Wilderness Trail rye. Wow, Trifesta that's high pick. for them. Yeah, it was up there. And uh, <laughs> it was funny. The guy was like, I don't know if I want to buy it. I don't know. And Tim's like, you know what? I got an open bottle behind the counter. You just want to try it? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll try it. He tried it, bought everything bought we had. Wow. No kidding. It's five bottles, bought them all. Yeah. Holy Every crap. single one. I mean, people really resonate with that bourbon. It's a four-year-old, and it's good at that at that it's proof and at that price point. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's hard to pass up. And New Riff's the same way. I mean, we've got people, what, like Ian, that comes down, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I brought some bourbon for you guys to try, and I'm like, cool, and he pulls out his little thing with like the little dividers, and it's got six in there, and I'm like, Ian, that's all new riff, and one Booker's, and he's just like, I'm aware, he just loves it that much, you know, I mean, when people resonate with a brand that much, I think that might be something to look at for the bourbon trail. I think so, too. I I mean, I'm definitely not going to disagree with you on, on that. I kind of would like to see maybe a little bit of diversification with with the brand and or with the brand meaning with everything that's on the bourbon trail. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah, Wilderness Trail might be the next big one to to join that that lineup. And when I'm talking about something like diversification, they are bringing something that is not seen in terms of scientific process i mean they're really breaking down the numbers at wilderness trail and to create their product expanding already and expanding yes they are that's true they just announced that but also there's not a brand out there right now well not a distillery out there right now rather that their core product is a weeded bourbon you know i mean yes buffalo trace still has of course Pappy and Weller and and all those things, but at the same time, that's not their core product. Whereas Wilderness Trail hit the ground running with a four-year-old bottled and bond weeded bourbon that was good. That was really good, very good. And you know, I I think that we have to find new ways to innovate 
to keep this bourbon boom alive. Yeah. And if the main draw right now is the bourbon trail, we got to do something different. I think that's why Heaven Hill is so important right now to seeing how things are going to evolve. I totally agree. I mean, I definitely want, I think we'll like from the younger, uh, newly opened kind of distilleries, new riff and like wilderness trail. Those are two. I think that makes sense that if you're jumping from the craft distilleries to the bourbon trail, those two. Yep. With that being said, I also think that, you know, I think some of the requirements or the thought on the actual bourbon trail itself should be changed a little bit. I think there should be oh, some of those requirements, those parameters. I know that's yep. like, okay, well, you're just telling, you're saying switch it all and decide this. I know that's a huge change, but I think that's where it should go. I think that there should be somewhat of a parameter. I think at that point, then Buffalo Trace jumps back on. Mm-hmm. When you give something like a you give a mouse a cookie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you get it's gonna ask for milk. When you get something that okay, this is truly an accomplishment to be on. We're not just spending money. We are in regards with all these different names because we have gotten there. We have been there. We've we've kind of like been through the system. And I think that it, you know, that that is a good way to incorporate an invitation system of, you know, we've tried everything. We think these are the best products. You know, sure, they could still pay to be on the trail, but it's by invite only. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that would give so many distilleries the opportunity to be on the trail if they are able to. Yeah. You know? Of course. So that's where I see it. Yeah. As of right now, I think next make next jump that makes sense, Wilderness Trail or or like a new I still think I think Wilderness Trail over New Riff because I, just I think, think so too. They have products that are yeah really, really stepping it up mm-hmm. and attributing to some of that. I think New Riff is still we're still getting our feet wet a little bit. Yeah. And With the, like really, really good stuff. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, I think we're, I don't know. Are we not there yet? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it could just be that I like Wilderness Trail better. Yeah, I could be totally biased. It could be I, preference. I, yeah. would, I would cop to that. I would even say Castle and Key would be a good contender for it because they just have like such historic grounds that they're on, you know? And they may not have the bourbon out yet, but they start putting some out. And it's if it's good, they've certainly got the money behind it. They've got the money behind it. And then it's just such historic grounds. That warehouse alone is a draw. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Definitely. it's it's huge. Mm-hmm. And I think that going back to the experience, what you were talking about, do you have something that draws people? Mm-hmm. That's, That's a great something. question for the committee. Almost like a Michelin star, but for bourbon it should, distillers. It should be like a... Yeah. Like a it's Z- called the bourbon stave. Yeah. Like a Zagat. Hey, that's not know? bad. Yeah, there you go. Like I, a Zagat, you yeah. know? Like, no, absolutely. The Kelly Blue Book of bourbon. I think a little higher quality than Kelly Blue Book. I thought Kelly Blue Book was well regarded. It is, but 
It's just about like used cars, really. Yeah, right. yeah that's where I go to find out if I can get any money for the car that's been rear-ended that I still own. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I my, think more my like, perception is way skewed then. Like the Zagat, like five-star restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay, know, I got you now. Kind of like the guys from Pig Beach type deal. Oh yeah. There we go. Go check out the uh, Bourbon Beyond episode. Okay. I was thinking about Matt the other the other day, just being like. I want some barbecue in a bad way, man. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, that's, that's a constant for me. But well, yeah. But you're also dieting, so it doesn't matter. Not I still want barbecue not. all the time. Hey, man, it, it, I'm sure the barbecue is keto. Yeah, if something. You if you don't add the uh, the bun to it. Oh, but you wait, man. I'll destroy some tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, Joe Perry here stopping in to talk about our sponsor for this week's episode. It is Distill Experiences, a local tour company out of Lexington, Kentucky that I have had the great fortune to work with. It was founded three years ago by local Kentucky native, Nate Taylor, who has a huge passion of Kentucky history and the bourbon industry. There are two tours that are offered during the week on a regular basis. That is the public tour on Friday and the public tour on Saturday. And private tours are available to be booked throughout the week as well. So if that is something that is interesting to you, please head to distillexperiences.com and find out more about that. If you would also like to hop on one of the public tours, you can also find information about those at distilledexperiences.com. And if you would like who have uh, a little bit of a discount on one of those. That would be in 10%. Uh, you can use the code MyBourbonPodcast at checkout uh, one more time. That is MyBourbonPodcast on DistilledExperiences.com for either one of the two public tours throughout the week. And you might just have the chance to have Mr. Pear Bear himself be your tour guide for one of those. All right, back to the episode. All right, well, that's kind of what we think the future of the bourbon trail is going to be like. We got a review this week, which Swan seems to be pretty excited about. I'm so excited for it. After reading the neck tag on this thing, I got so excited. I got this last week, and I got so excited I had a few pours out of it. <laughs> yeah, you <yeah>, did. <laughs> All right. Um, this is Little Book 3, uh, crafted by Freddie No himself uh, over at the Jim Beam Distillery. It is a blend of nine-year Basil Hayden's, nine-year Knob Creek, 11-year Booker's, and 12-year Baker's. Wow. Coming in at 122.6 proof. You know what made me excited about the on the neck tag about this? The Booker's 30th was a blend of nine and 16-year, and that's right in the middle. Oh. So I got super excited that this is just a essentially a weirdly blended Booker's, you know, limited right. edition. And it says Chapter 3, The Road Home, mm-hmm. which I think is very appropriate because both of the first two Little Book releases were not bourbon-based. No, they weren't. The first one was okay. It was kind of a weird conglomeration of like uh, grain spirits blended together to make like a aged an after aged bourbon almost, if that's even a thing. And then the last one had like a forty year old Canadian bourbon in it, which took that in a weird direction. And Did you just one, say Canadian bourbon? Canadian whiskey. My bad. How dare you? I'm trying, baby. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. Uh, 
Kurt, <laughs> Kurt act like he was going to drop this, and I'd almost jumped across the table. <laughs> I, I almost got real sad there. Yeah, this is. Um, th- this was, I think, the bottle that I was kind of looking forward to the most out of this year. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, a we're kind of you know Jim Beam small batch fanboys. Oh, big time. Except, except for it's tattooed on my chest. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I've seen it. Not yet. (laughs) He insists on showing it to me every time he comes over to my house. Um, (laughs) I no, this is. um, I about said something. You you probably probably shouldn't. Yeah. Um, (laughs) What do you guys think about the nose on this one? What's the What's the proof on this? One twenty two point six. It does not smell like that. I know it does not. I'm having a hard time picking up any ethanol. Huh. Oh, no, no, no. I got into the glass there. It's there. Brown sugar maple syrup. Oh, yes. I'm getting ethanol, man. Are you really? And this is like one of the first times that you guys have said, you know, not much ethanol. I'm getting it. I'm getting what you're talking about as well, but... Getting kind of a fall leaves. Yeah, no, I definitely can can pick that. And that's up not too. just because it's fall. Yeah, it's oak heavy. It is very oak heavy. It's oak oak leaves. I think is like a nice okay. kind yeah. of blend of those Tying. those two notes. It's kind of sugary. It is. I mean, I think yeah, that, I think that ties into the brown sugar maple syrup that I was going to. But even still, there's like a grain sugariness to it i mean it really does smell like sugary baked goods yeah are you getting any nuttiness off of this because i know that's typical jim beam i I wasn't i did the first time i had this it was a peanut butter bomb Mm -hmm. now not so much if i really dig for it there's a kind of dark cashew note to it yeah this is just like pecan pie to me, but if you just didn't have the top layer of pecans or any in the like mixture on the inside, just that weird like that. sugary yeah, yeah, conglomeration. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Like a caramelized honey. sugar. Yeah. yeah. There's some honey on the top of that too. I'm getting a lot of this like tree oak natural yeah. smell. Yeah. It's deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a deep, complex nose. This it, is it, one you can return to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. And and I, you should return to. So this is um, kind of in the spirit of Fred Minnick, the third time that I've had this. Oh, okay. And it it has certainly changed since I had it for the first time. There's also a red berry note on the nose too that I'm finding kind of nestled in the middle there. That palate comes refreshing a little bit. Not as dark as the nose, I don't think. No, that's light. And it's sweet, but then it finishes in almost like a tobacco-y barrel finish. Palate, I'm getting more of like a jam. Mm -hmm. What flavor of jam, I'm still deciding. The palate is actually where I start to pick up some of the peanut butter notes that I was talking about that I first got on the on the nose. I could see that. But the the leather and the tobacco really are prominent on the finish. Yeah. There's almost like a rose water quality to it too, like some of the lighter notes. That's what I'm finding. I don't know if I've had rose water to 
determine that, but I'm going to trust you on that. <laughs> All right. So you smelled a rose. Yes. Right. I've not eaten one yet. Now imagine it, the water from the rose. Oh, got it. <laughs> imagine a rose right after it's rained. Like just the smell? Yeah. Okay. Translate that to a flavor. Okay. I mean, maybe. I I'm going to twist your arm a little bit further. Now I'm going to go back to the palate. Uh, I'm really starting to pick up the char. Yes, the char is deep on this. It really, really is. I got to say, having had this a couple of times already, this is one of my favorite releases of 2019. I was about to say, yeah. (laughs) It's definitely up there. I'm very proud. This is top three, I think. I'm not sure I can disagree with you. At the very least, top five. Very least top five. Yeah. It's definitely up there for me. I've got some weird stuff in my top ten this year. I'm excited. I also like the idea that he decided to put three of these bourbons in there and blend them. And he's like, oh, you know what? It's like 130-something proof. I need to water it down. Let me pour some basil in here. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it works. It does work, yeah. It's pretty phenomenal. It is chewy and it coats your mouth and it's just, it's so different from any Jim Beam product I've ever had. There there is no Booker's like this. There's no Knob Creek single barrel like this. This is so classic Jim Beam, but at the same time, so so much a new Jim Beam profile. This makes me want to blend, knowing that it's four completed bourbons, yeah. Yeah. separate releases, blended together into one wonderful mm-hmm. palette. It also has like a weird, and it's I'm going to say minty, but that's not what I mean. Have you ever like, when you first put like a mint into your mouth, and then it gives you that like kind of cooling quality? Yes. I get that with the mouthfeel on this. It's very different and weird, but it's oily at the same time. It's it's very it's a weird yeah. sensation to point out. I feel the finish is very true to a Booker's. I can totally get on board with that. And I think that's part of why I'm going this is in its essence Jim Beam. Yes. But it's still its own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so much so with to Booker's, this bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> with Booker's, I always feel that it's very just hit you, like punch you in the face. Yeah. Here Ooh. here I am, Booker's. I mm-hmm. think this, the nose and the palate has so much of com- complexity of here's some like leaves, some damp kind of, you know, woody notes, yeah. but not bold. Um, and then on the palate, you get that minty kind of fresh i think that's where bookers you don't see that yeah and just to rephrase it's not like a minty thing for me it's just like the weird sensation it's the cooling of yeah yeah it's weird i kind of I, I enjoy it bookers is very like for me more of like a barrel spice punch right mm-hmm. at the beginning and yeah, then right. you kind of like mellow out from there this is like almost a building like minty you know refreshing feel and then it finishes after it's very cool yeah 
I, I enjoy this a lot. I think compared to all the Booker's releases this year, this would stand up extremely well to Country Am and probably surpass it pretty easily, but I'd have to try them side by side. I would too, but you know, if I'm if I'm just going off of memory, I think that this is a superior product. Oh yeah. yeah. No, it's it's in that black box for a reason. I'm I this is, you know, still kind of rolling over my palate. The more I take time with it, the more I'm finding more flavors. Now I'm picking up citrus notes. I, I'm where I'm at. Pick, go back as as the finish as the palate is kind of going into the finish. I mean, it's very much back of the tongue. Okay, into the finish. There's a really nice deep Kentucky hug to it as well. Oh yeah. I mean, it it is a good sitting around the campfire. Warm me up, kind of bourbon. Yeah, I, I, I just I'm in love with this bourbon. I don't know any other way to put it. It caught me off guard a little bit when I first tried it, with how much I loved it. <laughs> I wasn't really ready for it, but I, I went, I tried it, and I went. I shouldn't have had reservations about this. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it definitely is kind of greater than the sum of its parts. But at the same time, looking at, you know, everything that went into it, it makes sense that it's so well-balanced and so flavorful. And I think it deserves to be at the price point that it is of $100. I would contest that a little bit. Yeah? Just because I think... As far as what I'm looking for in a profile, I tend to lean towards that sweeter Heaven Hill area that yeah. they have. But only in the price point. I still think it's phenomenal. Yeah. I just think that as somebody that, like, I think I would prefer the William Heaven Hill the way you described it to this. But that's sure. just personal preference. Uh, I still think it's phenomenal. If you find one of these, because at least what the last ones did, when they sat around with that 40-year-old Canadian whiskey, we <laughs> we sold all of the Road Home Batch, batch three before and we still have the this batch two on the shelf <laughs> yeah so i mean it's if it sits around for a little while and they're like oh we're gonna mark it down to that like pennies over cost shelf if you see one of those pick it up definitely pick it up pick it up now honestly at the regular <laughs> I, I, price yeah despite the bullet it might be about 20 30 dollars more than you were wanting to spend but it's gonna be worth it especially mm-hmm. if you're in the booker's price range already so should we go ahead and uh, re- review this one numerically? Yeah. yeah. All right. So oh, yeah. we have a review system of nose, palate, finish, and price. Uh, each category is out of five. We total it up for a score out of 20. I would give the nose on this a four. I think that it is deep and rich and enjoyable. Um, it is missing, I would say, maybe a little bit of a sweet note to it. Um, but I am finding it a, a little bit more as I kind of deep dive into it. But at the same time, um, I would like for it to be a little bit more prominent. So four for me on the nose. For me, I gave it a four as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think because it it really does just transport me to fall, damp leaves, like the colors of a tr- of the tree have like changed. Um, but I'm really getting a lot of that oak notes. I'm getting a lot of the uh, the crystallized sugar that we were talking about. Right. Like very much Thanksgiving kind of syrup and just 
those spice kind of notes. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, that's probably the best part of of this out really? of my review on what I'll okay. say. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to disagree with, with that personally. I, I give it a three. Oh. Yeah. I think it's kind of, it's hard, honestly. It's just a hard nose to pick up. I mean, I, I keep going back to it and I get different things, which is gratifying, but at the same time, it's it's a little confusing. Sometimes when I go back and I get different things, it's like, well, I'm getting what I had plus a little, you know? But this one, it's just like vastly different things. Um, that being said, if I'm going to transition into the palette, I got a, four, a 4.5 on the palette. I give it a 4. I loved the palette. I think the palette's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I think that's definitely the strong point going back to Kurt for me is the, is the palette. So, I mean, the nose, I was a little confused by, but it definitely expanded on everything I got from the nose and was a little sure. confused by and turned it into cohesive bourbon. And that could be a product of him mixing four perfectly fine products into something to hopefully make it better. Um, because I've done that in the past and every time gone, mm, you know what, this is not, it's not great. It's not great. I think I want the raw materials to build with, not some completed Lego sets to make one conglomeration. Like yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's definitely difficult. Yeah. I gave the palette a four. Um, I think that it's consistent from nose to palette. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I, I still think that it, it's, well, it, it's consistent, you know. I think that yeah. it it takes everything that is offered, but at the same time, it may be missing a little bit. But it it's offering a little bit more, you know, like where where it kind of gets subtracted from the nose, other things add into it, so it winds up evening out a little bit for me. So I I gave it a four as well. Yeah, I am giving it a th- three and a half. Okay. Um, I question. I was in between three point seven five or a three and a half, but I don't like the like quarter <laughs> points, so we're going with a yeah, three fair. and a half. Makes math hard. We don't yeah, I know. So I'm going with a three and a half, and that's strictly because I, I mean I enjoy it. It's really good, and I would recommend this to anyone. Obviously, I think the subtraction that you were talking about, the subtraction of what I was getting on the nose, and the change onto the palette is where I wanted I wanted that to stay true. Yeah. I wanted to still have those kind of thi- those notes that I was talking about prior. And I think it switched for for a good thing, but it had the that cooling effect you were talking about as well. But I I wanted it to continue what I had on the palette. I mean on the on the nose to the palette. Yeah. The finish though the finish is where things really, really ramped up for me. Okay. I gave the finish a five. Oh, wow. Ooh, wow. Okay. okay. I don't know if I've ever had a finish that is this complex and just just blows up for me. I don't know if there's ever been anything that I've had like this. Maybe there has been, and I just can't think of it. But the finish really is what's going to keep me going back to this bourbon. All right. So it's it it's a big score, but it's yeah, that's huge. It's really okay, really special. I think 
I went with a four. And I think that's more in regards that I really do find the nose of this just phenomenal to me. Mm-hmm. I like the finish. It, it's that Kentucky hug starts to transition and have that tobacco and leather and notes that you were speaking of. I can't give it a five, but it's really good. Yeah. Four. I gave it a four as well. That's, I honestly think that it was just, it was a, it was a great finish. Um, there's things I prefer. Some of the Elijah Craig barrel proofs, I think that I've given higher marks to, and, uh, like the Booker's kitchen table, I gave pretty high marks to as far as finish goes. This has a remarkable ability to like give me an essence from the finish. Like I'm sitting on the back porch, it's cold, I'm bundled up, you know, smelling the the leaves and stuff. I it kind of does that transport thing you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I just want to see I guess a little more like of a sweetness or honey for me. That's just where my preference lies. Okay. Uh, but, but it is, it is really, really good. It is hard to compete with that. And I think if I put it up against any of the bookers from this year, I'd be hard pressed to give any of them more than about a four. Um, this is definitely, if you're going to just add this in as 2019 bookers wise, this is going to knock them out of the park. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's definitely worth picking up. So let, let's, let's talk about the price a little bit more in depth. Mm-hmm. Because I think that it warrants conversation about what goes into it. So there's not an 11 year old Booker's on the market. Everything's six years at the most, maybe eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, there is a 13 year old Baker's that's out there right now. Um, this has a 12 year old. Nine year Knob Creek is. Standard. Standard, yeah. Of course. And then a nine-year Basil Hayden. They put out a 10-year Basil Hayden right now. Yeah. I'm willing to bump up the score because I I did get this for $100. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to bump it up a little bit because of those higher-aged products. So Booker's... What's that usually at? Six, six to, to seven. Six, six to eight. Yeah, six yeah. to seven, at most eight. Sure. Price. Sorry. Oh, price. Oh, sorry. Sixty four ninety nine is what we got it for. Yeah, six, usually. 65 to 75. At Baker's. Most uh, Baker's is 45-ish. You want to hear something sad? What's that? I've seen Baker's go up to $60. I, I saw it in a case today. I about cried. Wow. Yeah, it was in somebody's case behind the counter. And I was just like, no, 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 no. Put that back on the shelf. What are we doing here? This is not right. Yeah. Okay, Basil Hayden. 40 bucks. 40 yeah. Knob Creek, about the same. Okay. I I think that $100 is pretty okay in this case. I'm going to give it a four. I... Yeah. I you know, with everything that goes into it, how good the product is in and of itself, um, I think that it's okay to bump it up a little bit in price. I can, I, I mean, I totally justified it. I, the bottle's here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I said a four and a half. Yeah. And that's strictly because the amount of product that you are getting in this bottle. Yeah. If you add up all that, 
it's like $200. Obviously, it's not worth that <laughs> like $200, sure, you know? Sure. But you combine all of those things and you get this product. I think that's a $100 is a phenomenal price. I gave it a, a four. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth it. I'd love to see this. I think the only reason I didn't give it a, a five is I want to see it closer to probably about $85. As I feel like it's Booker's plus a little. So it should be Booker's money plus a little. Sure. Um, you know, it's hard to get so tied up in the age and the, the products that went into it. When, if I boil it down, you know, is this bourbon good enough for me to pay $100 for? To me, no. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I'm tied on money personally, but like it's just, sure. it's just not something I, I want to pick up knowing that there's 14 year old Knob Creek picks and Elijah Craig Barrel Fair. Proof out there to, to pick up that I enjoy just as much. But if you're looking for something unique, and honestly, I don't think I've had a bourbon this year that's made me think this much. Um, on how I feel about it and kind of that transportation to a certain place type thing, it, it's getting up there for the, you know, the price as far as yeah. like worth it. Uh, definitely recommend picking up. If you have any reservations on it, go try it at a bar and then, yeah, I think so too. and then tell yourself, why did I even try this at a bar? That's money I could have spent towards the bottle yep. because <laughs> I'm about to go buy one right now. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, so it's, it's worth getting. I mean that gives me a what fifteen point five. So yeah, what's yours at seventeen? Mine's at a sixteen. Yeah, yeah. I, so I mean it, it's in the recommend area. Highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and and um personally, this is in the running for bourbon of the year. Okay. It may not since win I out. said since I said top three, I think I'm more top five now. Yeah, I think that it's it's definitely within the top five. Um, of course, I have to go back and do a little bit of R and D. Yeah, or but just R, or just R, R and R, research and rest and relaxation. No, re- research and review. <laughs> in this case, yeah. <laughs> but I think that this is one of the better products that has come out this year. So. That does it for the review. Not quite done yet, though. Tips and bits. Yes. Guys, what do you have to recommend for everybody this week? Uh, I've got something kind of weird to recommend, but I, um, I've i been like moving right now, so I've been looking for like a playlist to listen to that I can just put on and just leave on and not really worry about it, and I also don't want to look for new music. I found this. It's, called, uh, it's by a guy called Chilled Cow. But he he's love it. Yeah, <laughs> he does a lo-fi hip hop playlist on YouTube, and it's just like oh, a live I know stream. Exactly what you're talking about, and it yep. plays. It is so good. I don't know what it is. That playlist has a, a a way of making me either motivated when I need to be, or I'm going to fall asleep on my couch listening to it. <laughs> it it's it's very like situational, depending on how I, I listen to it, but. You can put that thing on and then just leave it running for like hours. Yeah. And it's just like uh, almost like a music for your life type thing. You just kind of in the background. Yeah. Let it just let it run. It's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, but no, I, I've been listening to that a ton. And they're on Spotify, play on YouTube. And uh, you can also, if you find a song that you just legitimately like, I guess you can purchase the beat. Is that what it's for? I have no idea. I just let it run the background <laughs> while I fold laundry. But um, it's good. Swan knows terms. 
Yeah. I'm cool. I'm hip. All Curtis, right. what what do you have to recommend? Help, help me, help me, Kurt. Oh, dude, I have no hope for you. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, nothing. Just go drink bourbon, please. <laughs> I've got nothing. Maybe I can think of something after <laughs> you say something, but, dude, I have been very, very boring. I you've been a little busy too, so yeah. Oh, I've got one for you. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to throw yeah. you a lifeline. You ready for yeah, this? Yeah, do it. You were a huge fan of the Logic album that came out. He put out a new song called OCD. Have you listened to that yet? Yes. I love that song. Great song, yeah. Go for that, man. Yeah, no doubt. Question. Here's my... I don't know if this is a... <laughs> What's happening? I don't know if this is a tips and bit, but <laughs> thoughts on uh, on Kanye West's new album? Have not heard it yet. Okay. Well, not all the way through. I heard a little bit of it, and I was like, "What's happening here?" Interesting. <laughs> I I think I don't know what to think about Kanye anymore. Here's my th- Kanye is, in my opinion, one of the best producers out there. He the way Fair. he makes music and the beats that he creates ridiculous, like the best that I've ever seen. I think he's a better producer than a rapper. Minus old Kanye. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with that yeah. because I feel like that man goes through an identity crisis every like six months. So. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. So I, I I'll, his production fantastic. Yeah. His lyrics, I'm. <laughs> ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Some of his new ones, I'm questioning. Oh, but. Yeah. So I will say, uh, my tips and bit is, go listen to Graduation and go listen to Kanye West, <laughs> and just listen to the beats and not so much the rap. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I got a couple of things to recommend. Um, I'll start with podcasts. I just recently finished listening to a comedy podcast called The Tokyo Hotel, which is really bizarre, uh, but it is just eight episodes long. Uh, Each episode is like 30 minutes, so you can pretty much knock it all out in a day. It's it's strange. (laughs) I don't know how else to tell you, but it's pretty good, man. I mean, you can get it for free, of course. There is a new podcast reviewing the office yes office ladies office ladies yeah that should have been mine fisher and angela kinsey yeah uh really really good but just out of left field i thought (laughs) it was kind of random 2019 okay good time for it um but still really cool to see you know those two actors come together and and talk about the office which of course we've mentioned a thousand times on the show and so you know, good. love and everything but um also recently rewatched uh terminators one and two. Oh yeah hmm. judgment day such a good movie yeah it's, not, it not, holds up not that t1 isn't i mean i still i still think that it's a, a really good movie but terminator 2 it's got everything that a sequel needs I think mullets, <laughs> Schwarzenegger on a bike, barely convincing child actors. I mean, <laughs> what more can you ask for? No, I'm just kidding. No, it, it's I, I think it's a really good follow up, uh, you know, in, in terms of sequels. But, you know, I've not seen Dark Fate yet. I've heard it's mostly fine. I'll still probably go see it. But yeah, 
So that's it for tips and bits. Thanks for the resounding approval of. I don't know why I was like Terminator. Just, you guys both looked really zoned out when I was. <laughs> I need to. I need to go back and watch them. I honestly have never. I've watched the first one. I haven't oh, watched really? any of the other ones. Yeah, you need to watch Judgment Day. Okay, it's, it's pretty good. It's good stuff. The TV show that they did was terrible. Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, not a fan. It was all right yeah. for a TV show with that kind of like special effects that you would expect. Yeah, I watched a woman pull a gun out of her thigh. That was great. Did you like? Like cut it open and pull it out it or something. It was the mid 2000s. Yeah. It was, I don't know. Maybe I need to go back. I was like 10. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, let's wrap this show up. Uh, where can people find you all on social media? On Instagram, you can find me at KurtCon. On Twitter, Kurt underscore Con 15. I'm on Instagram at Facebook at My Bourbon Finder. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Got a personal one, but it's so hard to remember how to log into that thing, much less point people to it. Um, you, you know, you can log into multiple accounts at once, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I figured that out <laughs> way too late in the game, but yes, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at Pureheader1492 on all social media channels. If you would like to follow up with the show, it is at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have questions or comments, you can send them to thisismybourbonshop at gmail.com. We love hearing from people who listen to the show. Uh, speaking of hearing from people who listen to the show, the hotline that we set up for the 100th episode is actually still live. So if you have something that you want to ask us about, we'll listen to it on the show. We'll respond to it. Uh, you can call that number. It is 859 428 8253. One more time, it is 859-428-8253. We would be happy to listen to those calls on the show and then answer whatever questions or comments that you have about what's going on here in the Old Bourbon Studio. Uh, if you would like to check out all of our apparel and merchandise, you can head to bourbonshop.threadless.com. We do still have a free shipping event going on for the 100th episode. Um, yeah, so go and go and check that out for sure. If you have not joined our Facebook group yet, uh, you can head to facebook.com and search for this is my bourbon group. Just a couple of questions to verify who you are. Make sure you're not any kind of robot. And then uh, you can hang out with us and talk about all things bourbon and what's going on with the show and this, that, and the other. And then last but not least, patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron of the show uh, if you do decide to donate to us every single month, you will get things like bonus episodes, Google Hangouts, live streams exclusively for patrons, uh, chats about what's going on with the show and in personal life and everything. And yeah, uh, by the time this episode comes out, uh, there's going to be a little uh, bonus audio snippet describing what's going to be happening on the Patreon page uh, on into 2020 and beyond. So be on the lookout for that. Um, I also forgot just one thing, which I, I meant to bring up earlier, uh, and that is, once again, leaving us a five-star rate and review on iTunes. We really do appreciate that, just so people can um, check us out if they are able to, if they are listening to other bourbon podcasts. It's a great way for them to find us. Uh, this review is from J.C. Sutton. Uh, the title is My Favorite Podcast to Listen to. Pretty, I agree. pretty high regards there. Yeah, uh, and it says, when I first found this podcast, I saw a review that said, just three guys rambling, not for me. 
But I still gave it a chance, and I think it's really evolved and become my favorite podcast. It's very informative and just had a great conversation. I love when the home, when the home base co-hosts are on. They really add to it. As Swan throws up the rocky arms into the air. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> love that. So thank you, J.C. Sutton, for leaving us a review. If you would like to leave a review, much like J.C. did, uh, please do so over on the iTunes app, and we will be sure to read that out on the show. I think that about does it for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, next week, I'm not really sure what's going to happen just yet. I'll let you know maybe on, on social media over the coming week. But until then, I'm Perry. I'm Curtis. And I'm Swan. And this is My Bourbon Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Podcast over. <laughs> I just got handed this. <laughs> That's all for you, man. Oh my god! The man's got a bourbon in one hand and fries in the Boy other. Fries. I can die happy now. <laughs> I'm gonna eat one of these and hand this off. Here I lied. Go. This episode was brought to you by my lovely wife. <laughs> She's amazing. Man, the seasoning on these fries. Yeah, what is it? Orida. <laughs> I was about to, <laughs> I was about to say that when you said, uh, like brought to you by my lovely wife. <laughs> I wanted to be like presented by Orida, <laughs> frozen French fries. I ate so much soup before I came over here. I'm like, just soup at this point as a person. <laughs> I am soup. Yeah, soup and bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. And a hint of fry. Mm-hmm. This is just wood soup, water, <laughs> water wood mash, soup. wood soup. It's just <laughs> the best version of water. Our jokes have been off today. <laughs> They're not good. They're yeah. so not good. So I'm bad. enjoying the crap out of them. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> wood water. Mm-hmm. Wood soup. That's what you called it. Sorry. <laughs> wood water is very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wood and corn soup. Anyway, what were you saying, Swan? I just messed my face up. You know, that's it. No, I mean, we were talking about the bourbon. Ah, are we jumping back in? Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool.